Welcome to the Teach Me Lit podcast. I'm Sophie Tuvey and I love talking about books and helping you to revise for English literature and go deeper in the texts you're studying. What's wrong with Lydia and Wickham in Pride and Prejudice? Now, in today's episode, I really want to unpack what was Austen doing with these characters of Lydia Bennett and George Wickham? Um, And why is their running off together just such a disaster in the narrative? Um, And what was Austen doing in the structure of the novel um, through Lydia's elopement with Wickham? Well, let's um, look at the where these characters first are introduced in the novel obviously Lydia's there from the beginning as one of the Bennett sisters um and she's pretty brash immature um she goes around flirting with officers all the time um and talks over everybody orders her sisters around particularly Mary um and basically comes across very unfavorably now Wickham is first introduced um, in chapter 15 and um, he's obviously in his uniform as a new member of the militia uh, in Meryton and uh, Austin writes that his appearance was very greatly in his favour and that's the key thing with Wickham is that he looks the part of the romantic hero um, he is attractive, he's a young bachelor, Elizabeth is quite taken with him um, and uh, she really gets flattered by his attention towards her. He does single Elizabeth out, out of her sisters. He sits next to her, he talks to her um, and then he reveals this kind of backstory um, that really intrigues Elizabeth about Darcy. Now Darcy by this point, as you know, has made a really unfavourable first impression. He's um, insulted Elizabeth. Um, he's refused to dance with everybody. He's been really proud. Um, and now Wickham gives Elizabeth um, more of what she wants to hear. Wickham gives Elizabeth a bit of a sob story, really, that he grew up um, in Darcy's um, own home of Pemberley and his father was Mr. Darcy's father's steward. Um, He says that Darcy's father meant to leave him a valuable job, which was to be the vicar of the parish in the area. Um, But that when Darcy's father died and then the living became available, that Darcy refused to give it to Wickham. And as a result, Wickham has no fortune. He has no income. So he has to earn his own money, which is why he's ended up as a soldier. Elizabeth's really shocked by the story about Darcy and in a sense her prejudice against Darcy is strong enough that she doesn't really question it. But for anyone in Jane Austen's day, um, they would have, the red flags would have been um, waving around at the fact that on a first meeting, at first making an acquaintance, Wickham tells such a personal story. Because back in Austen's day, you know, um, these kind of Uh, intimate details about his life and his financial situation that's not something you would share um, so openly especially not when you first met someone Um, so in Austin's day this would be known as improper or you may hear it as impropriety and that's something that often comes up in the novel 
Now, it's really interesting because impropriety is something which we also associate with Lydia. Lydia's behaviour when she loudly flirts with officers and runs around the, the ballroom is also seen as improper. So both Wickham and Lydia in the novel um, are associated with this kind of bad behaviour. Um, and in a sense, at the time, we perhaps don't necessarily see Wickham's behaviour as bad. Um, but later in the novel, it certainly becomes a lot clearer um, that that's where it stems from, this impropriety, this lack of respect for um, discretion for um, the past. And even if Wickham's story was true, which as it later turns out, it's not, but even if it was true, he certainly wouldn't be uh, justified in telling all this to Elizabeth on a first meeting. There was no need for him to tell her about it. Um, he used Darcy's reaction to him as a bit of as an, as an excuse to confide in her, but only once he'd established that everybody disliked Darcy anyway. Now, Wickham's a bit of a slippery character in the in the novel. He um, has obviously got to know Elizabeth quite well. She's heard his story and, um, you know, she reacts favourably to everything that he says without really questioning it. Um, but of course, things come to a surprising development in the midpoint of the novel. At the midpoint of the novel, Elizabeth's gone to visit Charlotte Collins, um, who's now married to Collins at Hunsford, and Wickham has um, is, is left behind. So when Elizabeth gets proposed to by Darcy, one of her main reasons for refusing him is what he's done to Wickham, and she tells him this. And so Darcy writes her a letter explaining in detail the truth about what happened. And Elizabeth is really shocked by the truth. It turns out that Wickham uh, was, you know, clearly abusing his situation as a beneficiary of Darcy's father's generosity. He had his entire education paid for um, and he expressed that he did not want to go into the church. He wanted to have a financial payoff, which Darcy had already given him. So he took the money from Darcy, went off, wasted all the money, didn't study the law like he'd intended to, um, and then came back to Darcy demanding that he was given the job um, when everything didn't work out for him. Not only did he show complete brashness in asking for this, like an audacity to ask for this job even when he'd already refused it, but he then proceeded to take revenge on Darcy because Darcy said no. And he um, basically... Uh, discovers that Georgiana's going to be at Ramsgate. He goes there, he persuades her that he loves her, when actually he doesn't. He persuades her to agree to an elopement, which meant, you know, they would run away maybe to Scotland, get married, and then her fortune of £30,000 would belong to him. Um, Darcy manages to intervene, and so the elopement never happens. Um, and as Darcy relates this to Elizabeth, she is absolutely, um, you know, shocked at Wickham's conduct. He's far worse than she realised. Um, and she doesn't doubt Darcy's story because why on earth would Darcy want to make up something so horrendous about his own sister? You know, the shame of that. 
and Darcy reveals quite pers- this quite personal story because he feels his character is at stake. Now, having heard this, um, the truth of the matter, Elizabeth then rethinks everything she knows about Wickham. Um, and she comes to the conclusion that, yeah, he was improper. He um, revealed a lot of information he shouldn't have revealed. And not only that, but she can't think of a single thing he's done that's actually good. Yes, he's polite and he gets on with everybody, which is the opposite to Darcy. But when it comes to real moral goodness, he doesn't have any. Um, and as she relates the truth to Jane, um, she comments, you know, one got all the goodness, the other all the appearance of it, the kind of irony. And when Elizabeth goes to Pemberley, and at Pemberley itself, there are these two miniature portraits, one of Wick and one of Darcy side by side. Austen invites us as readers to compare them. And I think Wickham's one of Wickham's functions in the novel is as um, a foil to Darcy to show Darcy as the true hero. Darcy may um, cause problems wherever he goes with his abruptness, but Darcy's truly got the moral character that Wickham doesn't. And whilst Wickham may talk a good talk, there's no real substance um, behind this appearance, this facade. Um, And so it's interesting at, at Pemberley, again, what Elizabeth has heard from Darcy now about Wickham begins to become confirmed by the housekeeper who says he's turned out very wild um, and by the accounts of everybody in the area. So Elizabeth's forced to reevaluate Wickham's character um, in a very different light. Now, dramatically, the way Austen structures the novel um, is just as Elizabeth's beginning to get close to Darcy again, to the point where these barriers are starting to be removed. She's now realised that he wasn't, um, he didn't wrong Wickham actually, Um, it was the other way around. Um, She realises that she has misjudged him. As those barriers begin to be removed, um, there comes a shocking letter of Lydia's um, elopement with Wickham. And it's it's really significant that Austen dramatically structures the novel so that Lydia is this uh, um, big barrier for Elizabeth's happiness. Now, there's this question about, you know, what's Lydia done that's so wrong here? Um, and I think we need to really un- unpack this in the time that this novel was written. Um, because I'm, I'm sure today, you know, if you had news your sister had run off with a guy it wouldn't be uh, seen as a full-scale catastrophe um, but the problem is this in Austin's day uh, if a woman is is seen to be staying overnight with a man and they're not married then her character is lost forever and Lydia is young she's unmarried for her to get in a carriage with Wickham and stay in a hotel overnight you know, no one in respectable society would ever receive her again. And Lydia's conduct is not only really bad news for Lydia, but also for Elizabeth and Jane. And and Austin really skillfully makes that really clear. So Elizabeth talks to Jane about it. um, And Elizabeth explains to Jane, you know, basically, Jane, you know what this means for us, don't you? no one, no respectable man is going to want to to marry us now. 
Um, and Mr. Collins reinforces that with his very unhelpful letter that he sends, which basically gloats over the fact that he didn't marry Elizabeth, because if he had, he would now be, you know, bearing the brunt of the shame as well. Um, and, and Collins says, you know, who, as Lady Catherine says, will, will associate themselves with such a family? Um, and so by spending this night with Wickham and obviously several nights because it, it's a while before they're discovered, um, Lydia ruins her reputation and also um, the, the rest of her sisters, really, because they are tainted by association. Um, and, you know, this is the problem with Lydia's behaviour. This is the result of Lydia's behaviour of being unchecked because she's never been properly disciplined by her mother and father. Um, her behaviour has been wild. She doesn't think about what she's doing. She doesn't have any sense of morality. And Austin shows Lydia to be unrestrained. Now, there is a sense in which Lydia could be seen as a foil to Elizabeth because um, Elizabeth's got a bit of an independent streak. Um, but Elizabeth never breaches that moral code that Austin has so clearly. Um, and so, in a sense, Lydia is a picture of what Elizabeth would be like with no moral restraint. Now, this is where um, I love Austin's solution to this Lydia problem. What are we going to do now? Um, Darcy hears about what's happened because Elizabeth gets the letter and he and he finds her. Um, and then Darcy sort of, you know, leaves her to it. She travels back to Longbourn and she's in this agony of just waiting. Um, and it, it really depicts how helpless women were in, in this day and age, you know, they basically have to sit and wait for letters to arrive to find out what's happened to Lydia and Wickham. And then they get news that, you know, um, their uncles found them and um, they're going to be married. And all Mr. Bennett has to do is promise to give her a nominal amount of money per year, things like £100, which, you know, is a reasonable amount. And he's quite happy to agree to this. He tells Elizabeth that there must have been a significant amount of money involved um, to get Wickham to marry Lydia like this. And he says, Wickham's a fool if he takes her for less than £10,000. Now, for a family like the Bennets, that seems like £10 million. It just seems like a completely unobtainable amount of money. Um, and Elizabeth's reaction is, how is half such a sum to be repaid? You know, how on earth could we pay anyone back this? Um, and of course, it's not until... Lydia's visit after she's married Wickham that Lydia lets it slip that Darcy was at the wedding and then Elizabeth is able to write to her aunt and get the full story of what happened and it turns out that Darcy is the hero here. Um, Darcy goes to London, uses his contacts um, to track Wickham down, talks to Lydia, talks to Wickham, finds out that Wickham's got no intention of marrying her and then basically buys him off he gives him a huge payment um so that he does the right thing now elizabeth when she finds out about this is absolutely astounded because for darcy to do this um is obviously extremely generous but he didn't seek any credit for it he didn't tell her what he was doing. He didn't shout about it or boast about it to anyone. Um, and so she's she really sees Darcy's true heroism here. Um, he saw it as his fault because he hadn't made Wickham's character public. 
Um, and he says later to Elizabeth, I did it only for you. You know, he, he did it because he loved Elizabeth and he couldn't bear the thought of her, you know, worried about her sister and her sister being ruined. Um, it obviously feels like a very unideal solution as a modern reader that Lydia, you know, barely 16 years old, ends up married to a guy like Wickham. In the time that Austen's writing, it is the best of a bad situation. Um, and, you know, Lydia pays for her folly really and that you know they never have enough money her husband loses interest in her very quickly because their marriage isn't based on a a firm foundation of friendship and anything more than just lust um and you know it's it's again a picture in the novel there are many pictures of marriages and Lydia and Wickham's is definitely an example of you know a bad marriage a, a hasty marriage that isn't a wise decision But for Lydia, there isn't really an alternative because if she didn't marry him, she would be outcast from society. Um, One interesting thing that's worth saying about Lydia and Wickham and what's so bad about them is that after all this this, um, catastrophe has happened, they've been discovered in London, Wickham's been paid to marry Lydia, all his debts have had to be paid off. They visit Longbourn and... Elizabeth and Jane just cannot get over how brash they are. You know, they go in their bold as brass. Lydia says, you know, no, Jane, you must you must go below me now because I'm a married woman and pushes in front of her sister. She flashes her ring around and says that she, you know, waved to her familiar friend and let down her hand over the the window of the carriage so that um, he would see the ring. Um, And she says about her name being Lydia Wickham, uh, like a child playing house. Um, even Wickham uh, is completely shameless. He goes to Elizabeth and calls her sister um, and even tries to get her sympathy again for the fact that he didn't um, get the job as the vicar, in which case Elizabeth sets him straight and is like, mm, I did hear you didn't actually want that job, which does shut him up for a bit. But the two of them um, are absolutely shameless and everybody feels pretty jarred by their lack of concern for the absolute hell they've put their family through. Um, and obviously Mrs. Bennet is is oblivious. She's very fickle as a character. You know, one minute she's saying, Mr. Bennet will fight Wickham and then he'll die. The next minute she's talking about they must have wedding clothes. Um, but everybody else is, is completely shocked at, at their conduct and their lack of remorse for what they've done. They seem uh, completely oblivious to the havoc they've wreaked in everybody's lives all of the um, expense and the hassle that everybody's gone to. Um, and ultimately, Wickham and Lydia end the novel unchanged. You know, they carry on in the future to keep borrowing money, to keep getting into debt, to keep messing people around, because that's what they're like. Um, the point of what's so wrong with them um, is that they are selfish characters. They do not think about the impact of their actions on others. Um, And that's where Elizabeth and Darcy contrast to Lydia and Wickham because Elizabeth and Darcy grow, mature and put other people's needs before their own. And I think Darcy is a great um, example of a hero because, you know, he doesn't seek credit for for what he does. He does things because they're the right thing to do. I've heard um, integrity described as, you know, doing the right thing when no one's watching. And that's that's exactly what Darcy's done here. He's acted with integrity, um, and it's not 
to see what he can get out of it. It's not to try and persuade Elizabeth to marry him. Um, he doesn't even tell her about what he's done. And whereas Lady Catherine, um, in chapter 56, she confronts Elizabeth because she's heard this rumour that Elizabeth might be engaged to Darcy. And she confronts Elizabeth and she says, you know, oh, I know what happened to your sister, you know, meaning Lydia. She says, um, and can you imagine, you know, your sister Lydia and Wickham at Pemberley are the shades of Pemberley to be thus polluted, she says. And she's referring to Lydia and Wickham, in a sense, contaminating the grounds of Pemberley with their presence. Um, and despite all this, Darcy still loves Elizabeth and still marries her, even though that's going to make him Wickham's brother-in-law. So it really shows how much Darcy's changed. Um, and I think Austin just uses Wickham and Lydia very skillfully in the narrative to draw out um, the heroic qualities of Elizabeth and Darcy. If you've enjoyed this podcast and found it helpful, please hit subscribe and share it with a friend. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter. Just search for Teach Me Lit. I'm always open to requests. So if you want me to talk about a text you're studying, get in touch. Thank you for listening. See you next time on the Teach Me Lit podcast.